What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes each one awesome. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback about this show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, where you can reach out to me directly at Ryan Turford. Now, on last week's episodes, we went all the way back in time to the launch of the Xbox 360 with our earliest release on the list, Geometry Wars. So if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out on the podcast feed. But this week, we're actually fast forwarding to our newest game on the list, Alien Isolation, which was released on October 7th, 2014. Now, I know what you're probably saying at home. Ryan, Alien Isolation came out on Xbox One. What is this doing on an Xbox 360 list? And my response to the, that response is as follows. Alien Isolation originally started developing as an Xbox 360 title back in 2010. And when you look at the two games side by side, essentially the Xbox One version of Isolation is a slight graphical upgrade and more of a port rather than a true next-gen leap. Like cutscenes and load times and all that stuff are pretty much identical. So for the most part, you're pretty much getting the same game either way. So in a way, it almost feels like a 360 title that just happened to get like a next gen bump a bit, in, if that makes sense. Or the next gen version almost feels like a like an HD remaster of the game, if, if that makes sense anyways. For those who haven't played it, Alien Isolation is a survival horror game that has you play as Amanda Ripley as she searches for her mother after the events of the 1979 film. You head to Sevastopol Station with other members of Whaling Yutani, but you'll soon find yourself running and hiding from other humans, androids, and of course the classic xenomorph itself. It's a tense game that's all about survival, and the feeling of being hunted permeates throughout the entire experience. Amanda feels quite powerless, but through the help of craft tools and items you find along the way, she uses her wits and those items to try and escape and find the mystery of the Nostromo's disappearance. When Isolation was announced back in January of 2014, it had only been a year since the release of Alien Colossal Marines, which had led many to be rightfully skeptical of a new Alien title being able to deliver, especially because it, it had been less than a year since uh, Colonial Marines had come out, it had come out in the, the February prior, and I remember just people were really down on the Alien franchise at that time, especially after Colonial Marines, which just... It was not a good game. It was not a good game. Actually, for the purposes of uh, this podcast, I went back and played it recently, and uh, it is no es bueno. It is no es bueno. Now, for me at the time, while I shared the same skepticism, Isolation had, for all intents and purposes, appeared to be the alien game I'd always wanted. Alien is my personal favorite movie of all time, and up until that point, we'd only rare, really seen games based off James Cameron's Aliens, so more like action-style games like first-person suitors, like Colonial Marines. So to see Isolation returning the series to the horror genre was a huge breath of fresh air for the long-running series, and it really got me hyped for the game. This was also Creative Assembly's first foray into survival horror, as they were mostly known for real-time strategy titles like Halo Wars 2 and the Total War series, and to say that the studio proved to be up to the task is a complete understatement. They did an amazing job. While it was a divisive game when it first launched, it's gained quite a large following in the five years since its launch date. I can't believe it's been almost exactly five years since the game came out, and is now well thought of today. Isolation's story takes place between Alien and Aliens, and is considered to be ca a canon story in the franchise, with the idea of Amanda Ripley coming from a deleted scene in Aliens. And of course, if you haven't seen the director's cut of Aliens, um, they add a bunch of new scenes, and one of them, of course, is uh, Gorman talking to Ripley on 
the the main uh, space colony at the beginning of the film, um, where he basically talks about Amanda Ripley and as, as Ripley basically asks about her daughter. And he reveals, of course, that uh, Amanda had passed away um, and that it had happened while, of course, Ripley w- was uh, in cryostasis, which was a pretty sad scene in general. This was part of a large push from 20th Century Fox to have multiple games in the series be canon extensions of the franchise. The other two games, of course, being Aliens Colonial Marines, which we just talked about, but also Obsidian's cancelled Aliens RPG, which sounded really cool. It was called Crucible, or at least it was codenamed that, and if you haven't read about it, the history of that game, uh, definitely go check that out, because I think it would have been an amazing title if it actually did come out. 20th Century Fox provided developer Creative Assembly with the keys to the kingdom by providing them blueprints set designs, audio recordings, custom photography, and concept art, most of which were not publicly available at the time in order to create their vision. This allowed Creative Assembly to make Alien Isolation into a truly authentically feeling experience that feels like it exists in the world of the 1979 film. There was a strict rule during development that no item was allowed to be placed in the game that couldn't have been manufactured in the 1970s from the original movie, and it really shows. Walking the halls of Sevastopol Station feels like walking the halls of the Nostromo while also taking on a personality of its own because almost like Sevastopol Station is kind of like a character on itself, uh, which is just super cool. They did an amazing job with it. One great story from the development team revolved around creating the game's UI. In order to give it an authentic CRT static look, that what they would do is they would dub gameplay elements and footage to VHS tape. They would then basically rip out the tape from the back of a VHS tape. If you've never seen one before, of course, just Google a VHS tape uh, image. And uh, what they would do is they would play it back on a TV with loosest or damaged cabling, and then they would capture the footage. And then what they would do from there is they would bring these elements back into the game to give both the video and the UI elements that authentic lo-fi futuristic look that the original film was known for. Because that was really a big part of uh, the original 1979 film was it was basically like the 1970s view of the future. So everything was push button technology. It was not like LCD panels. It was very much the CRT era of things. The sound design from top to bottom also really added to the experience. Being provided many of the audio clips from the original film really informed how new sound effects would be created and introduced, and that there was a great mix of both new and old sound effects throughout the experience. Based on in-game events, such as the Xenomorph searching for Ripley, the music and sound levels would change and shift to create an extremely tense mix that serves as a warning for the player that danger is near, and to help you use the audio as a tool for survival. An example being if an alarm is going off, the sound of the alarm would lower as tense music would start to swell, as well as the alien's movement sounds starting to rise, creating some nail-biting moments and giving you basically the tools you need to focus and basically escape the alien's clutches. Hopefully, anyways. Some of the music from the original film is also used, while new music is performed by some of the original individuals who played on the original film, as well as some series newcomers, and the dynamic soundtrack is fantastic overall. The game also won a BAFTA Games Award, which is basically like the the British Film and Arts Awards, essentially. Um, They're they're almost like the the DICE Awards, but for for, uh, Britain, essentially. It won the award for Best Audio Design for their work on the game, and it was also nominated for similar awards, including Best Game, Best British Game, and Best Game Design. Unfortunately, it did not win these awards, but the audio design was so good it won an award, and, and it was awesome to see for sure. Of course, it's impossible to talk about Alien Isolation without talking about the biggest part of the game, the Xenomorph itself. 
the team built a dynamic UI for the alien that doesn't really follow specific patrol patterns in order to lead to unpredictable behavior, making it harder for the player to predict its movements. From the first time you encounter the Xenomorph, it's a truly terrifying experience, and throughout the game, the second it spots you, you are very, very, very dead. The alien screams will haunt your nightmares just like mine, and I'm hard-pressed to think of more of a terrifying foe in any video game. Like, I seriously had nightmares about this game uh, when I first played it, and even now, I get one from time to time, and it's just, it's still terrifying to this day. So, what makes Alien Isolation one of the 50 best video games on Xbox 360, and how does it hold up today on the console? I recently revisited the game on 360, and it still really holds up great on the platform, which was actually a huge consideration for it making a list like this one. Of course, since I'm talking about this on the second episode of the show, it's not as high on the list as it probably would have been if I was talking about the Xbox One titles, obviously, because I do think, ultimately, if you're going to play it on a console and you have both, you should play it on Xbox One, but it's still just as good on Xbox 360, I believe. With the exception of a few key visual differences, it's still the same amazing game as it is on Xbox One. The gameplay is still really solid after being released five years ago, and even though we've had a few survival horror games come out since it's released, I haven't really played one that's as intense or as terrifying as this game. I think the closest one we've gotten in recent memory is a Blair Witch, which is a game we talked about on the Xbox Drive that I loved, um, and for the most part, we really haven't had a game since that has been this terrifying for sure. It's a shining example of a licensed game properly honoring the source material while also giving a unique sci-fi horror experience that really stands up to the best of the best. And even if you are not a huge fan of the Alien franchise as a whole, if you love survival horror games, honestly, I think that it, it's still an amazing game on its own and really stands on its own two feet for sure. Of course, the game's not perfect. It's a much longer experience than it needs to be. Um, at that this time, of course, especially when the game was first being developed in 2010, um, there was a real emphasis on games receiving a lot of padding um, in order to really fill out the experience, and single-player games were trying to basically add new stuff to them to basically keep players from trading them in right away, which of course just led to more content being in this game than, than there needed to be. Um, and it definitely affects pacing in, in the later parts of the game. Also, later on in the experience, the Xenomorph inherently becomes less scary simply because you're just playing, naturally playing longer than normal. So you start to learn how it hunts. So you're able to predict it a little bit more easily, or at least you understand how the alien thinks. So it's easier to kind of dodge it. Um, of course, that's just a product of the game being as long as it is. The slower paced stealth survival gameplay isn't really for everyone, but for those who love games like Outlast or Amnesia the Dark Descent, we'll be right at home here. Alien Isolation is a game that I consider to be a must-play title, regardless of platform. It's a true survival horror classic that lives up to the legacies of the best of the best, like Dead Space, Silent Hill 2, and Resident Evil 2. If you're looking to pick up Alien Isolation today, it's available on Xbox Live on 360, as well as on Xbox One on its own or as part of Game Pass. Of course, if you've never played this game before and you have Game Pass, just play this game. It's awesome. You'll thank me later. As illustrated, its limitations on 360 really don't prevent it from being one of the best games on the platform and really should be played regardless of what platforms you own at home. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up anytime on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can also find the pants man himself, Sean Capri, over on Twitter at Sean Capri and us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout episode two and we out boss xenomorph noise bob